Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer Cahill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another show of Regarding Consciousness. I was just having a pre-show conversation with today's guest, world-renowned thought leader, psychologist, psychiatrist, Dr. Mark Golston, who's written so many best-selling books, I couldn't even list them all for you, including the one that if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see is called Just Listen, which is actually how I came to be introduced to this extraordinary man many years ago. I remember I was listening to a woman on stage at a conference and on the stage, the woman said, I have a lot of good things to say, but the guy you should really go out and get his book is Dr. Mark Golston. And sure enough, I did. And I Googled Mark and I reached out to him. And this man saved my life. Literally, when I was going through some of the darkest periods of my life during a divorce in 2018, I believe it was, I couldn't have pulled through without this incredible human being that I'm honored and grateful to call a friend. Mark, I love you, buddy. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. It's a lot to live up to, Jennifer. (laughs) It's the truth. It came from my heart. I was going to read your bio, but it doesn't do as much justice as the love I have in my heart for you. I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad to see if we can recapture what we talked about before the podcast. Yeah, this is how it always goes. Mark and I are such dear friends that we hopped on. And before we started hitting record, some of the most profound gems of wisdom I've ever heard in my life started just rolling out of his mouth. So I'm going to hit rewind on this for you and take you back to the beginning of the conversation. Hey, Mark, congrats on your new radio show on what is it? UK Health Radio? (laughs) UK Health Radio. The show is called Hurtless. And that is why we started to get into this intense, deep, beautiful conversation. I was actually sharing with Mark. You said, Jen, how's life? And I was like, oh, Mark, got to be honest with you, my friend. I said I was in La La Land, meditating, praying, doing fun shows like this for the last several years. And now I'm in company building alpha mode again. And I said, I've noticed that some rage and anger has come up for me lately. And that's where Mark take it off and run with it and tell us how you came up with the name of your new radio show. So it's been the journey for introduced me to this wonderful woman and we're going to be co-host JJ Stenhouse. And she's a Scottish woman, a <laughs> former reporter, journalist in the UK or in Scotland. And she has a show on UK Health Radio. UK Health Radio is a internet radio station. And it, according to the CEO, Ohan Ilgenfritz, <laughs> it's a mouthful. He says it reaches 800 million people. He, all the people who have shows also have shows on all the platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts. So their show, their home is UK Health Radio. But he says, just go spread your show. After a week of it being live here, you can go sp- spread it anywhere else. So JJ, after the introduction from Jennifer, we were on each other's podcasts and we hit it off just like Jennifer and I have hit it off. And and we decided, let's do a show together in UK Health Radio. Most of the audience, most of the current listeners of UK Health Radio are working women between the ages of 25 and 45, very busy, overwhelmed, and they want things that'll help them live healthier lives. And the station was started because Ohan almost died of cancer 
and he was declared terminal by conventional medicine, but something clicked in his head and he says, I'm going to live. And then he started researching all these alternate health uh, approaches and he cured himself. He's not against conventional medicine, but he discovered all these things and it changed his life. And he started UK Health Radio 10 years ago. So it's, it's everything healthy on that station, including regular and conventional medicine. And he calls it integrative medicine. And we just put everything together. So I'm speaking with JJ and she tells me who the audience is. I also have a publisher called Harper Collins and I write books for their leadership division. And they said, oh, you'll do a book for us. You're doing a radio show. This will be great. And then in my mind, I thought audience of UK Health Radio, our show, Hurt Less, Live More, is work, working women. And the audience I write for HarperCollins leadership is business leaders, managers. I write on marketing. I write on sales. I write on all those kinds of things. And then I got a wonderful literary agent, a guy named Jeff Silver, Silver, Silverberg at Folio Lit. And he says, you just write two books. You write one for working women and you write one from HarperCollins. And I said, that's just too much brain damage for me to do all that. So here's how the evolution went. Originally, we were going to call it Doable by You, Practical Advice from a Psychiatrist. And they like that at UK Health Radio because I'm a psychiatrist. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a whatever. I actually have a, a medical degree. So they like that. And then I just started thinking, if I'm a busy woman, I don't know, Doable by You, I'm just exhausted doing too much. And then in the evolution of this, my book, Get Out of Your Own Way, Get Out of Your Own Way and Just Listen, seemed to do very well. And every couple of weeks, one of them ends up on a bestseller list. And Just Listen ended up on some bestseller list as the fourth best communication skills book of all time. Wow. And then Get Out of Your Own Way ends up on a list of the top book in self-sabotage. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, oh, why don't we call the show Get Out of Your Own Way? That sounds good. We have a book. We can sell product if people are interested. And then again, I'm empathizing with the women. On, and I said, they don't need someone to tell them to get out of their own way. They need to get out of their own way, but they're just exhausted. And then what I realized is I had a conversation with some business people. My focus on business is driven by ego. And boy, when you're successful there, it's dopamine, it's adrenaline, it's exciting. But the better part of me is caring about the people below me, working women who are just trying to make it. People and let's distinguish, Mark, because for the audience, I don't mean to interrupt here, but when you say below you, just don't want to try and create no, not, not below you. In the world of power. Got it. They have less power perhaps than you do, and they wish they had more power, and that's your intention yeah. is to provide them with more power. What happened is I got a flashback from 30 years ago, when my wife said this to me, I was complaining, gee, I refer my patients to the university, and not only don't they say thank you, I don't care about the thank you, but they never send the patients back. They just absorb them into their clinics, and, it's, and their justification when you're a university, we are the Mecca. We are the great place. And you're just some schmo practitioner out in the community. So I was complaining to my wife, and she said something brilliant. She said, 
Every time you chase after the love and approval of someone above you, they're just trying to hold on to their power. Mm. They're not going to love you, Mark. They'll appreciate you, but you're just someone to help them hold on to their power. And she said, every time you're chasing after love and approval from above, there are hundreds of people who look up to you, Mark, and they don't want you to make them feel like they're nothing because you're so busy chasing after your ego. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks. So I had this conflict and I thought, oh, chase after the business world. A lot of my books are in the business world or serve these wonderful, hardworking British women. And I said, you know, I don't care about the business book. I don't care about the book. I want to help these women. And then I was thinking of titles and then an interim title when I realized I wanted to just let go of my ego. And this could be a good book. I'll write it. If you're listening in, you can write it. <laughs> it's a bestseller. I give away bestseller titles. He does. He gave me the title for my memoir, which we'll talk about another time. <laughs> but the title I came up with was Goodbye Ego, Hello World. That's a good title. Maybe I'll write the book. I probably won't. But <laughs> it was my journey. But that's not a good title for a show for working women. Working women, Goodbye Ego, Hello, hello, world. They're just saying, we're just trying to get through the day. And then I saw this movie, The Banshees of Ishramim, and I can't pronounce the last name, but it's an Irish movie with Colin Farrell. He's been nominated for all kinds of awards. And he and his best friend of many years get into this rift. And his best friend basically says, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore because you're dull, you're boring. And Colin Farrell is dull and boring. He's very likable, but he's dull and boring, according to the other person. And the other person doesn't want to talk to him. And it drives Colin Farrell mad. And the other person says, look, if you keep nagging at me, I'm going to cut off my fingers. And Colin Farrell keeps nagging at him. And the other guy cuts off his fingers. This is rough and tough Ireland. And and Colin Farrell can't let it go. He's feeling abandoned by his friend, and he wants an explanation, and his friend doesn't want to tell him. And after watching that, I said, what drives those two people to desperation is hurt. His friend feels hurt by having to listen to someone who he finds boring. And look, if you're listening in, I'm sure you have some friends like that just can't shut up and you don't want to be rude. You have to leave. They won't let you go. I haven't shut up. I just hope I'm not that boring today. I but, love uh, Mark. I could be. I don't know. But uh, uh, And so you can understand if you're with someone and they just go on and on and they have no self-awareness, but you can understand the hurt of Colin Farrell. We're friends. Yo, how come you're leaving me? How come you won't have anything? How come you won't tell me? And he says, you're dull. You're dull. I'm just telling you, you're dull. I don't want to have anything to do with you. Here was my realization. This show is going to be the beginning of a, I've observed that there is a worldwide epidemic to avoid feeling hurt, st sticking with the hurt, and then expressing it. So what do people run to? Eating, cutting, drinking. Numbing in any way, drugs. Numbing, numbing. 
And then when they're cornered by people, what's going on? What's going on? They run to anger and they become hurtful. What I want to introduce to people is the power of feeling the hurt and expressing it as opposed to yelling at someone. Some years ago, I've been married almost 44 years. My wife and I can get into little tiffs. We were getting into one tiff. And I said to her, I'm tired of lying to you. That got her attention. She said, what do you mean? I said, I've been lying for six months. There's an increasing number of people in the world who like me, who trust me, who feel confidence in me, who enjoy me. The person I want it most from and sometimes get at least from is you. Mm. And here's the lie. I'm not angry. I'm hurt. And I just exhaled. And my wife is wonderful. She takes on too much. She takes care of too many people. Mm. And to her credit, she said, I'm awful with you. When I worry, which I worry about everything, when I worry about the kids, I take it out on you. When I worry about money, I take it out on you. When I worry about the house breaking down, I take it out on you because it's safe to take it out on you. And I said to her, I said, you don't have to change. I just needed to be honest. My being honest was I'm not angry at it. I want to rewind on what you just said, Mark, That because that was so powerful. And there were so many wonderful little gems in there. And kudos to your incredible wife who's been with you and all the ups and downs you've both been through. But what really stood out for me in what you just said is I don't want you to change. How do we make that jump? How, and I know this ties into the incredible new show and what you're doing on UK Health Radio and the name of it, though I can feel all of our listeners and I can sense just like you can, what really is pressing on their minds. And they say, how do you just accept it and not want them to change and stay with the pain of this hurt? How do you do that? It's interesting because uh, instead of attacking her, uh, I didn't say you hurt me. I said, I'm not angry about all these things. I'm hurt. And my tone, I went from AM radio to NPR. I'm hurt. And what happened is when I did that, I exhaled. I felt wonderful because I got this pressure off my back. And the pressure was that I wasn't speaking my truth. And my truth was that I didn't feel anger. I felt hurt. But to her credit, she owned up. I do these things. I take it out on you because I can when I worry, blah, 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 blah. And here's what I said to her. I said, I feel great right now and you don't have to change. Mm. I wouldn't fight you if you change. And here's the reality of human nature. People don't do what's important to them. They do what they care enough about. It's important for me to eat well and exercise, but I don't care enough about it to do a great job. And I'm not doing this to have you change. I'm doing this to correct a lie because I don't like lying. And what it comes down to is you don't have to change. I just wanted to get honest. If you care enough about it, that what you do hurts, hurts me, mm. you'll change. If you don't care enough about it, you won't. But as I told you, it's not a deal breaker. When I said I've been lying to you and and it's not cancer, it's not bankruptcy, it's not divorce or affair. I just wanted to get honest with you. And to her credit, down deep, she could feel my hurt as opposed to my anger. And she was great for six months, and we need a booster shot every now and then. 
True story. I know kudos to you, Mark. One of the most memorable conversations I ever recall with my grandmother, God rest her soul. She passed a few years ago. We sat at her kitchen table and she said, Jenny, you know what's missing with your generation? I said, what grandma? And she said, you guys, your generation gives up. The moment something gets hard, you want a different flavor, a different this, a different that. She said, your grandpa and I, we've been together 50 years. Eight of those years were really tough, but you know what? We had 42 good years. And I think what I'm hearing you say, Mark, is the consciousness of clarity and communication, just as your best-selling books teach us. It's about communicating in a way that is not communicating to intend harm to another. It's communicating to get to a place of higher clarity and communication with yourself and whatever partner, business, romantic, friendship, Colin Farrell and his friend, whomever it might be. And I love what you shared with me too before the show. I wrote it down actually because it was so powerful is say, instead of saying, I feel hurt, I think the words you shared with me earlier is it hurts that I cannot rely on you or it hurts rather than you hurt me. And I think that is so transformational when instead of pointing the finger, think of any argument you have ever had, you, any of you listening out there with a loved one, a family member, a friend, and it always is that battle of the blame. You made me, you blah, blah, blah. And instead, when it's, I felt hurt when, you've always encouraged me to use that mark. And it's a great reminder for all of us. Yes. And so I'm going to share something else because your listeners, most listeners like insight, but they want tactics. So I'm going to give you some tactics if you're listening in and viewing in. I I was going to write a book on healthy conflict. I got too many books to write. And that's another book. You're listening. You Go write the book on that. Yeah, healthy. <laughs> and here's what the book's about. And I've written chapters already for it. But what I realized is that conflict is universal. We get into conflict with other people. We watch people we supervise in conflicts with each other. We watch our parents in conflict with each other. We watch, if we're a parent, we watch our siblings, our children in conflict with each other, or we're in conflict with ourselves. And most people think of conflict as bad because most people's experiences, if you get into a conflict, it gets worse. So I thought, what if you could flip a switch so that you may not like a conflict but when it happens, you say, oh, good, I got a conflict. Yay! And, and here are the tactics. And actually, there's an article up in Newsweek. They had to change the language, and you'll understand why. And it starts out, if you look up Newsweek Expert Forum, Goulston, you'll find something about conflict and approach to conflict. And it starts out, forget you, Mark. It's a different F word, but we couldn't print it. And then I said, what's that about? Oh, I said, you can do much better than that. And this woman said, forget you, Mark. And what had happened is I had told this woman, I said, every time you get into conflict, if you say to yourself or hear my voice saying to you, opportunity for poise, empathy, and growth, mm. you can flip it. And that's that's when in the article she says, I don't want to be have poise, empathy, and growth. I don't want to be, and, I, and to which I said, I understand that. But every time you say opportunity for poise, empathy, and growth, you can turn any conflict into something good. 
And here's how you start. Opportunity for poise. Use the word in your head, radical patience. Mm -hmm. Radical patience, which means, okay, you're upset. You don't have to do anything. Just pause. Don't react. Just pause. Count to 10 inside. And that's radical patience. Opportunity for empathy is you say, even while the person's yelling at you, you say to yourself, what am I so upset and angry and ticked off about? What am I frustrated? What am I disappointed? So, you know, they're still yelling at you and you're asking yourself what those things are. That'll calm yourself down. Oh, I realize I'm not angry. I realize I'm hurt. I realize I'm frustrated. I realize that. And the other person is just yelling at you. But that calms yourself down. And then here's the opportunity for growth. You say, wait a minute. And they'll go, what? No, wait a minute. But I just figured out what I'm so upset about and hurt and disappointed about. And give me another moment because I think I figured out what you're upset about and disappointed and frustrated about. Wait a minute. Hold, hold up. I think this is what you're upset about, frustrated and disappointed with me about. Can I run it by you? Uh, what's happened is you, from the poise, you've calmed down from empathizing with yourself, what am I really upset about? You've calmed down further. That's allowed you to wonder where they're coming from. And you're so centered and calm and non-judgmental that when you get to opportunity for growth and you say, can I, can I run it by you? I think this is what you're upset about with me. I think that this is what you're angry about. Can I just run it by you? See if I'm correct? And if you can stay centered in that, so powerfully calm, the other person might say, okay, so what am I upset about? And and so if you would, if you were getting back to you and being angry at someone for not doing something, if you apply this to you, you could say, I think what you're so upset about, I think I'm frustrated with you. I think I'm upset with you. But when I get agitated and snap at you, I think I remind you of your mother or your father who was abusive to you. And I think what you're upset about is if that's what happened to you from your mom and dad, and you said to yourself, when I grow up, I'm not going to let anyone do that to me. I'm doing it to you. Wow. Powerful, Mark. So can you follow that kind of scenario? It's such a powerful step-by-step -step process. And in addition to this tool, I'm going to give people another tool that Mark really helped me years ago on this as well we're human beings, right? And we all have negative thoughts. So not only do we get angry and upset with ourselves and others and feel shame and hurt and blame, we also have repetitive recurring negative thoughts. And I don't know if you remember sharing this with me, Mark, though you told me one day, I think it was in your office or on one of our walks together, you said, Jen, if you have a repetitive negative thought, hear my voice in your head saying, stop it, stop it and redirect. And to this day, Mark, whenever I'm cognizant and conscious enough to apply that principle, it is so powerful to just interrupt, interrupt those negative repetitive thoughts because it's like quicksand. The more you struggle, often the deeper you sink into it and it feels like a bottomless abyss that you're never going to get out of. Yeah, I'm going to build on that with another funny story because people like stories. I have something called the Dead Mentors Society. I love that. Yes, you and I share that. <laughs> so I have eight mentors. They've all died. The last one was Larry King from CNN. Used to go to breakfast with him every day with this quirky group of weirdos at Nate Nell's Delicatessen in Beverly Hills, California. 
And, and so I got to know him and I got to, you know, got a sense of who he was. And before him, I had a mentor named Warren Bennis. And many of you don't know who he is, but he was like to leadership what Larry King was to talk shows. And what happens is whenever I'm upset or upset with myself, I call upon one of my dead mentors to talk me down from DEFCON 1 to DEFCON 4. So I get on a lot of podcast shows and I'm spontaneous and I'm tangential. And I sometimes tell stories and I lose myself in the story. And so when that happens, like for instance, you'll like this, but I think, except I think this show is going pretty well. <laughs> but, but if I got on tangents and whatever, I call upon one of my dead mentors and I say, Larry, wake up, wake up. <laughs> and in his Brooklyn accent, he said, what, Mark? I said, I did it again, Larry. He said, Mark, I'm not even cold yet. Can you take one of your older dead mentors? Come on, come on, leave me alone. Larry, I did it again. I was on a show. Yeah, so you want a show. So what? I said, I told a story. I didn't end it right. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And then I said, here's five things you got to remember. And I could only remember three of them. Yeah, Mark. So what do the host say? Oh, she wants me on again soon. And he said, you woke me for this. Put it. And then here's the loving thing. He says, Mark, put a sock in it already, would you? Just put a sock in it. Let me go back to RIP and give me a break already. And what happens is I can just picture him saying that to me. And I cross over from beating up on myself to, boy, how lucky was I to have a friendship with Larry King like that. I'll share something very touching. It makes me cry when I think about it. Maybe it'll make your audience cry. So I got to know Larry, and, and he'd been through a lot towards the end of his life. He'd been through seven or eight illnesses. Mm. And occasionally I would go over to his house to hypnotize him so he could eat, because he wouldn't eat. And I remember I went over to his house and I hypnotized him and he's lying in his clothes. He has his suspenders on. And then I help him relax and hypnotize him to get his appetite back. And I had this feeling it was the last time I would ever see him because it was the pandemic and he was not doing well. And so he wakes up and when he had a nickname for me, Dr. Morose, <laughs> because we gather at the breakfast table. And I would listen. I have a book, Just Listen, and I'm not listening here because Jen's giving me a long leash. But, <laughs> uh, but I would listen at the breakfast table, and they're bantering about the Dodgers and this and that. And every now and then, he would look at me and he'd say, you're so morose. <laughs> and i say, what do you mean? He said, you're just listening. I said, I can't get into the Dodger stuff and all that, and I'm learning. I said, I'm happy to not come. I don't want to drag people down. And he said, no, no, we need Dr. Morose. We sometimes get a little bit agitated and we need Dr. Morose. And if you actually go to my podcast, my wake up call, I had him on twice in episode 81. By that time we were friends. He talks about me being Dr. Morose. He says, you got a conference. People are too happy. You got to bring in Dr. Morose. He can bring down any group. Anybody's feeling too good. You bring in Dr. Morose. He can rain on anyone's parade. Aww. So it was just... It was a wonderful interview. But getting back to this thing, there I was leaving his room. He wakes up from hypnosis. And I said, Larry, one last thing. And he looked at me and he said, 
I love you, Morose. Hmm. And how often do you get to have the last conversation you'll have with someone in person? And that's what you say. That is a tearjerker, Mark. It's so powerful. And it's, I love that you just hold space, my friend. That's the thing that having known you, God, I don't even know how many years we've known each other now, probably five, seven, 10, who knows, it all just flies by. Though you, my friend, just have this ability to hold space for people. And I think you are loved by so many people. And in fact, after the show, I'm going to convince you to put yourself on intro.co. It's a new website I'm obsessed with that I put myself on and a friend recommended to me where people can book time with you. Because seriously, my friend, the the time we've spent together has been life-changing for me. I remember when I was going through severe depression several years back, and you shared with me a story, Mark, and I know you've shared the story before many times about a patient you were treating while you were the head psychiatric doctor at a hospital. And this patient was so suicidal and you just were being with her and you had been on like an all night shift. And then you're sitting there with her. And instead of trying to persuade her to not commit suicide, you just said in that moment, Jen, I just remember that the color seeped out of the walls and everything turned black and white. And I could sense why she wanted to kill herself. And in that moment, I said, it's okay. And I understand. And Mark, I will always remember that story. And I talk about you all the time because for somebody who has ever, God forbid, struggled with depression or anxiety, it does feel like you are alone to be morose. It does feel like you're not going to survive this and it's insurmountable. And yet when you have a friend, a mentor, a therapist, a confidant like Mark, listen to you and hold that sort of space that he can go into the deepest recesses of your own mind or experience and be with you in that moment and not get sucked in and still hold space. I just really think you have a gift, my friend. And that's why I just always want to share what you're doing with the world. I'll tell you, here's the secret to my gift of holding space. I've discovered that I have a combination of ADHD that flirts with Alzheimer's, so nothing is sticking in my brain. So when, <laughs> so, nothing, so when nothing is sticking in my brain, it's always making space. <laughs> yeah, you're too <laughs> humble. You're too. No, but it's true. I don't think I have, I hope I don't have to call up Larry because I think our conversation was pretty decent. Larry, you can go, you can go rest in peace, Larry. But but part of it is something I'm trying to teach people is the how wonderful it is to feel free to say anything that's on your mind. That what a- enables me to do that, I found a way, I am blessed. There's nobody in my life that I don't look forward to seeing. And whenever I'm interacting with someone, even if they have a lot of money, even if they pay me a lot of money, I'll say to them, I say, I have good news and bad news. Good news is our conversation today is free. (laughs) It's free. And I'm pretty expensive. The bad news is it's the last conversation we're ever going to have. I've given you every chance to be someone that I would look forward to seeing, and you failed all of them. And I just don't have anybody in my life that I don't look forward to seeing. And and you're not one of them. So I don't root against you. I just, I've just had enough of you. And it's so freeing. But if I look forward to seeing someone, if I love someone as much as I love you, it frees me to be spontaneous. <laughs> it, really, it frees me and I'll say things and then, 
And I think people like you, they'll accept what I say, you love me. And it's in the spirit of Marcus, whoever he's with, he's always trying to help them. Yeah. But I don't but I don't try to help the people that are mean to other people. I don't help people who tell you it's a it's a Jewish word, but you're dead to me if you take delight in hurting people, especially people below you. Mm, so true. I have to digress for a moment on that, Mark. I just watched the best movie. Don't judge out there. I love cartoons, particularly like Pixar, anything animated. And we had a movie night over here the other night and we had our friends over and we all watched Puss in Boots 2. And there was this character, I highly recommend it. There was this character in the movie that was, they were all after fairy tale characters and I forget the character's name, but he was awful. Like he was intentionally allowing the people below him to die, like killing them, hurting them, harming them. And then it was hilarious because Jiminy Cricket was like this character, like he had collected all of these mystical things like unicorn horns. And he thinks Jiminy Cricket is a locust and says, go destroy these people's forest. And the guy jumps on his shoulder. He's like, no, sir, I'm your conscience. I'm here to help you. And it's hilarious because Jiminy Cricket is like, well, sir, you just got to pick it up and try a little harder. Do you really want to kill that person right now? Yes, I do. And so the guy is just killing people right and left. And finally, Jiminy gives up on the guy. I don't want to give up the movie, but it's hilarious because there are those people that, you know, if you don't wish well for others, if you don't do the best you can, I think that's the most important thing, Mark, is not to expect perfection of ourselves or others, though to always do the very best we can to be kind and decent and compassionate in every moment, then that's all we can ask of one another and each other. Though if you intentionally cause harm to others, you and I both will say thank you, sending you love and intending that you go well on your journey, but I don't choose to have you in my life. Yeah. Can I share with you with you a funny story? Another yeah. funny story for you. So I have another book out called Talking to Crazy. Oh, I love that one. Yes, we've talked about that. And it's not about mental illness. I took a lot of heat from psychology and psychiatrists. How can you write a book talking to crazy? It's and I say to them, Have you read the book? No. But it's insulting. I said, it got your attention. If it was something else, you wouldn't have called me. I said, it's about how do you deal with people that drive you crazy? And there's an opening anecdote. Uh, and some people say, this is the best opening anecdote in any book. And what I talk about is I was having the worst day of my life, and I cut off someone in traffic. And he honks, and he's in a pickup truck. He's with his wife. And then I cut him off again. And he pulls in front of me, and I can see, I'm just, it's just one of those lousy days. And I can just, I'm staring, and he and his wife are arguing, and she's probably telling him, don't go out there, don't go out there. And, and then he comes out of his car, comes over to my window, and I don't know why I pulled up behind him. And I am so out of it, he just bangs on the window, and I roll the window down. And he says, he says, you cut me off, and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to just get out of your car, and blah, 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 blah. And I look at him. And I say, have you ever had one of those days where everything you do backfires, where you screw up everything you do, and you're looking for someone to put you out of your misery? Are you the guy? <laughs> Stop it. You did not really say that, Mark. I can see you saying that. That is fantastic. What did he say? He said, what? I said, I don't cut off people in traffic. I don't cut off people twice in traffic. I said, I'm having one of those terrible days. Nothing, I, everything I touched blew up. And I, I think I need someone to put me out of my misery. Are you the guy? I love you. 
It flips a switch in his head. He said, now calm down. I said, you calm down. You didn't cut people off. I don't cut people off. I cut you off twice. You calm down. I'm a, he said, now calm down. Come on, get a hold of I'm not going to get a hold of myself. This is a terrible day. He said, please just calm down. I said, I don't know. I don't know. And he said, and then he says, calm down. And then he reaches in, the window's down. He puts his hand on my shoulder. He says, calm down. Then he goes back into his truck. He looks into the rear view mirror and he waves goodbye. <laughs> and he drives off. Mark, I think this is so apropos. I love that we're finishing with the story because I don't think we ever got to the title of the radio show that you're about to start, which is, go ahead and give it to them. Hurt Less, Live More. And that story. I was, I was hurting so much that I was driving poorly. And what I was telling him is, I want you to relieve my hurt because it's caused me to cut you off twice. And, and you're not relieving my hurt. Why aren't you relieving my hurt now? Calm down, Mark. <laughs> so beautiful, my friend. Clearly, everybody needs to go out and check out Hurt Less, Live More, Mark Golston, Dr. Mark Golston's new show with JJ Sternhouse on UK Health Radio. And Mark, is there any last little piece of wisdom or nugget that you want to leave our audience with today? Any little gem that maybe we didn't get to share with them that might help people to hurt less and live more? Yeah, there's a book I'm thinking of writing because some people say to me, and I don't see this, you know, I always think I can be better, but someone once said to me, you're like a coffee maker and you drip wisdom. I don't see myself as that way, but I might do a book, which is a collection of things that I've learned. And one of the best lessons I've learned, and this is the best way to end this. This is one of the best ways to hurt less. This is one of the best ways to be happy in life. In fact, I often do talks and I say, if I could give you one word that's the secret to happiness and maybe success, if you look at it and you agree with it, you have to commit yourself to doing it. If you disagree with it, you can throw it away. Would you want to know what that word is? And everybody's eager. Oh, yeah, this is great. And I take out a little piece of paper, and I write the word on it, and I give it to the person in the front row, and they open it. They look at the word, and they go, ooh, and they pass it to the person next to them. And like dominoes, they're excited. Oh, what's the word to happiness and success? And the word is forgiveness. And there's a quote I got from a woman named Shawnee Duperon. She has an organization called Project Forgive. She started with Archbishop Desmond Tutu, that was nominated for the Nobel Prize. And the quote I got from Shawnee was, forgiveness means accepting the apology you will never receive. Forgiveness means accepting the apology you will never receive. And as soon as she told me that, my head fell off. And I immediately thought of my dad who died 25 years ago. What makes you think you know anything about anything? A negative, dismissive thing. And it hurt my feelings. I applied that amazingly wise quote, forgiveness is accepting the apology you will never receive. And here's what I imagined him saying to me, which I believe he would. Hey, Mark, remember when I used to say, what makes you think you know anything about anything? I was talking about myself. Wow. I'm good. With, I was good with numbers. 
I wasn't that good around creative people. They drove me a little crazy, scared me. I wasn't that good about connecting with people emotionally, like your brothers, your mother. I wasn't talking about you. I was talking about myself and what you've done with your life, the people you've touched, the lives you've saved. I don't deserve you as my son. I'm so proud of you. And I'm sorry. As soon as I heard him say that apology, which I believe he would, and here's what I realized about forgiveness, I immediately had to apologize to him. And he's been dead 25 years. And I said, I held a chip on my shoulder. I held a grudge against you. I should have known better. I'm a shrink for crying out loud. And you did the best you could. You didn't beat us. Yeah, you were a little bit critical. You were nervous. You weren't an alcoholic. You worked hard. I feel you. And for anybody out there listening, if your loved one, if your parent, your ex, your sibling, whomever is still alive, don't wait. Don't wait until it's too late. My dad and I had a conversation like that when I was 25 years old. And somebody told me something similar about the apology that you'll never receive. And I went out into the garage where my dad drinks and I love him. And he's been an alcoholic my whole life. And I said, dad, I apologize for making you wrong for drinking my whole life. I don't know why you drink. I don't know why you do what you do, but I want you to know that I love you regardless of that. And my dad, just his heart opened so wide, Mark, and he said, Jenny, nobody knows what I've seen. He was a captain at the fire department for many years. He said, I pulled decapitated children out of cars, people out mm. of burning buildings. And he said, thank you. And to this day, I love my dad. Nothing's changed. My dad is still who my dad is, but the love is still there. And like Mark just said, please, if you're listening to this, if you've lost a loved one, write a letter, have the conversation in your mind, like Mark just mentioned, or if you're blessed enough where that person that Mark just mentioned is still alive and there is a way that you could send a letter, a text, an email, or a call, see if you can forgive. It's the greatest healing remedy that we all have to hurt less and live more. I love you, my friend. I love you, and I don't have to wake up Larry. You don't have to wake up Larry, I promise. Larry, it's all good. Mark aced it. <laughs> Great ending. I, thanks, Morose. I was just getting warm here. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Betty. And today's show, for anybody listening, was brought to you by Optimal Match, OM.app or Optimal Match.com, that actually is an aggregator to match people with the right therapist for them the first time. So if you're a business marketplace out there, a mental health marketplace, a therapist marketplace, and you would like to match your therapist with the right patient the first time based on an energetic match, not a superficial one, please reach out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.